book lovers, and welcome to Rather Be Reading. You're Alyssa. And you're Persephone. Join us as we talk about our most recent reads and all things bookish. Here is the next chapter. Hello, hello. (laughs) (laughs) How's it going? Good, how are you? Good. Good. It feels like, I don't know if it feels this way to you, because I... It still feels like summer, but it also started starting to feel like fall yes. for me a lot. <laughs> yes. Kyle and I were just talking about that, how you can always tell because the morning air and the evening air yeah. are like this lovely crisp Yeah. And then the middle air is just muggy again. Yeah. Back to mud. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Except last night, did you... I, it woke me up. Yes! I literally thought I was a douchebag revving their engines and stuff. There's always those assholes. There are. At the butt crack of yeah. Like, why? And it's thunder. It yeah. was thunder. Thunder and lightning. lightning. Yeah. I mean, I guess if there's thunder, there's lightning somewhere. Somewhere. Right? Somewhere. <laughs> but no. Um, it was bananas. Yeah, I woke up to it, too. And yeah. we've got... Um, a really good view of the city. So I like woke up and opened my eyes. We had our blinds just up slightly. So there was this, and there was this huge crack of lightning all the way across. And I was like, that's cool. It's pretty cool. I love it. I love storms. Oh. And this is our first summer storm, I think. Yes. I think so too. It actually kind of freaked me out at first. Like I was like, <laughs> but then I was like, oh no, kitty cat. Cause we kind of lock her out sometimes when we sleep. Because, oh yeah. Oh, did she get scared though? Yeah. Aww. So as soon as I woke up and realized what it was, I opened the door and poor Beebekins, yeah. she was just like bolted in Aww. and under the bed. Aww. I felt so bad. <laughs> She's like, yeah. So, negligent pet mom over here. You know, they all are guilty of it. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was nice. It was cool. It was wild. It was cool. Yeah. And then we're back to, I when I left, I, we left the house this morning to go get olive oil. <laughs> and uh, it was already 75. So mm. it was just gross. Right back at it. Yeah. Gross. Because yeah. it was also like pouring. Yeah. So much rain. Oh, it was so loud. We had, we had our screen door open and I was like, what? it's unfamiliar again (laughs) it's so crazy yeah and now it's like nothing happened Mm -hmm. updates um yeah kind of my my updates are i think (laughs) i think ever since you got me that the name of the wind special edition i've been on a special edition kick (laughs) and i'm happy i could do that for you (laughs) i'm happy too but my bank account is mad at you oh Um, yeah that's fair (laughs) i got five special editions of books Oh no! But they're so pretty. So the first, I'm excited. I bought three books from a company called The Broken Binding. They're a European-based, very like fantasy sci-fi mm-hmm. forward uh, special edition company, and they do Amazing. they do like the beautiful sprayed edges and mm-hmm. like special covers um, with like foil. And so I got a couple books from them that are mm-hmm. like signed and numbered and autographed. And <sighs> I got my first one yesterday from them, and it's beautiful what is it it's called gods of the weirwood it's by rj barker who wrote the bone ships oh yeah and this is his new series his new trilogy that's coming out i haven't read it yet but i saw it on there and i was like well i love the first one of his other (laughs) trilogies so i'm just gonna go for it because it's pretty and you know i don't know if i'll get this opportunity to buy it again beautiful and then i bought two books that i haven't got yet um a memory called empire and a destination called peace it's a duology it's like a sci-fi duology that i've heard is really good also haven't read yet but (laughs) (laughs) again it was gorgeous and it was there so i was like i'm buying it yes and then i bought a few 
special editions from Waterstones. Mm-hmm. They're also a European special Dang. edition um, company, and they do like all sorts of books. It's not just fantasy and sci-fi based. And what did I get from them? Oh, I got um, Bookshops and Bone Dust. I got oh, their special edition. What does it look like? Um, here, let me pull it up for you. Okay, I'm excited. So the front cover isn't my fave. It's cute, but I like, but I love the side, oh, the sprayed edges of the side. My God, I love yeah, it. Yeah, it's very pretty. But now I'm like, okay, but now do I, I need to find the Legend of the Lattes? Yeah, Legends of Waterstones version. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll be on the hunt for that. And it's signed, which is great. Oh. And then the other one I got, oh, oh, I'm really excited for this one. <gasps> Have you read anything by Ava Reed? She... she does like uh, Juniper and Thorn and uh, The Wolf and the Woodsman. Um, more fantasy-esque, so maybe not quite uh, yeah. on your radar, but I, I haven't read anything by her, but she's been one that I want to read all the time, uh-huh. but her books are, like, pretty expensive, so I'm waiting for paperbacks to come out of most of her books, uh-huh. uh, but I've heard really good things, kind of, like, dark, fairy tale vibe fantasy. The best. The best. Yeah, and so she has a new book coming out that I pre-ordered called A Study in Drowning. I do want to read that one really bad. Ooh, do you want to get the, the Waterstones edition? Okay. <laughs> so I pre-ordered that one. So um, good. So that's, yeah, one, two, three. Yeah, that's all five. That's, that's five. That's so <laughs> exciting. I know, I'm stoked. Oh, <laughs> I love it when you, like, get them in the mail, and it's like a present. It's like me. Christmas morning. It is. You knew it was coming, but even still, it's so exciting. So good. Book mail is the best mail. Book mail is the best mail. Mm-hmm. Anyone who tries to just feel. Yes, they're wrong. They're absolutely wrong. <laughs> They've obviously never gotten book mail. But I think what? that's it. I think that's the <laughs> you know, my, my, the only. I'm just spending money. That's my Lucky only update. Yeah. I mean, um, worthy cost. Yeah, cost. and they're honestly not too terribly expensive for how yeah. beautiful they are. I got Dryden and I Song of Achilles special edition. Yeah, nice. so good. And I think it was like twenty five bucks. Okay. Okay. Which is like, yeah. Totally reasonable. Yeah. Totally reasonable. That's not so much how much a hardback is anyway. You know? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's insane. (laughs) How about you? Any updates? Mm, Okay. I have two. I think. Okay. (laughs) So number one, work is shitty. Yes. And so yesterday, I feel like as all book lovers can relate to, I had a shit day. Mm -hmm. And so I went straight to power. Yes. Straight to the bookstore. I was like, I texted Kyle. I was like, I'll be home a little later. I'm going to this house. (laughs) And I just, what is money? What even is money? Um, (laughs) If it's something that you're stressed at work for, it better be something you're spending in a way that you're enjoying it, you know? (laughs) And it was. I was like, it's all a blur. It's all a blur. I don't know. I just got the books. I love that for you. It was lovely. I, all the ones that I I feel like part of me snapped and I was like, all the ones Screw it. that I've been waiting to like get used copies yeah. for or paperbacks yeah. for, um, they all ended up in my basket somehow. Of course. Don't know who did that. <laughs> no idea. Some other Some gremlin other. somewhere. <laughs> the book gremlin. Yeah. Um, so I got, I did buy Legends and Latte. Nice. So I'm excited to read that. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. I've heard you. I can already tell you. I'm going to be you movie. as you were with, to Kyle's dad about. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're going to love it. Yes. No updates there, but I am still waiting. Still waiting. Yeah. So I got Legends and Lattes. I got, um, uh, 
so many others, and I'm blanking. Yeah, I can't remember a single one. <laughs> it's just a blissful blur. Yeah. yeah. I got um oh I did buy a dark academia esque book, but I don't know if I'll be talking about it with our themes. Okay. But it, it's like St. Ambrose School for Girls. Ooh. It just came out. Oh, I've heard of it. Yeah. yeah. And I got this one called The Thick and the Lean. Never heard of that one. It has the coolest cover. Nice. I'll show you. It's like beautiful. Love. Um, and then I got Everyone in My Family Has Killed Someone. Okay, I haven't heard of that one either. <laughs> I'm, I'm intrigued. Yeah, it looks really good. And I actually read that that one's going to be an HBO series. Oh, fun. Yeah. So, so you have to read it before it comes out, of course. naturally. But of course. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that was divine. And you have to buy it before the HBO version of the cover comes out. And that's all you can get. Yes. that's my least favorite thing. It's always so gross. movie and show covers. Ugh. Yeah. Worst. The worst. The actual worst. Yes. I don't want a movie poster. No. I want a book, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's like, don't give me this uh-uh. movie cover. That's nope. weird. Yeah, I kind of went off the deep end a little bit. I love that for you. But it was a bookish bench. Yes. Books will always catch me when I fall. <laughs> They're always there. They're always there for me. <laughs> but then I came home and I told Kyle, like, I need a system in place. And he's like, I thought you had one in place. And I was like, <laughs> I need a new system. Where Kyle was like, I think I'm going to do this thing for myself where I have to read two of my own books in order to buy one new book. Okay. So then I was thinking I should read three of my own books before I buy one new book yes but the hard thing is is that when i buy books like i buy multiple at once yes and i want to go to the bookstore more than once every couple months every like six months yes that's That's a that's a nice that's a lofty goal though in theory Mm -hmm. thank you Mm -hmm. yeah in theory it makes sense but then in practice yeah then you see i'm gonna just tear this all down for you no it's already it's already (laughs) rubble in my mind it's already rubble i just Pranced right okay. over it. <laughs> Think about, I don't know how many books you read in a year. Okay. My, like last year I read 40 something. Yeah. And. Amazing. If I do the math, I'm like, that's only buying like 10, 11 ish books. In a whole year. 12. Okay. Oh my okay, God. Let me do my math. Hold on. How much is 40 divided by 40? Fine, no. Like 13. 13 books in a whole year? Mm-hmm. Do you think you could do that? No. Buy 13 books. You probably bought like 13 books yesterday. I guess. <laughs> I think I did. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing where I'm like, oh my god, like, and then knowing me and my, like, slimy ass self, I know I'm gonna be like, oh, I'm really into poetry, and I'm just gonna, like, gobble them up, gobble <laughs> yeah. up all the graphic novels, yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna start gobbling up coloring books, yep. and just I'm, so you can get rack up that, yeah, <laughs> look, I read three, it's a point system, yeah. I beat the system, exactly, it's them to me, yeah. So that's kind of where I'm at in life, but maybe for like a short term, like for the next yeah. two months, I have to read. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Mine is I'm just trying to keep my books read even with my books bought for the year, and so far I'm doing okay. Okay, beautiful. Yeah, that's working for me so far. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, I saw this thing where this like I think she was like an Instagrammer, and she's like. I mean, you're buying art, even if you read it or not read it. Like, it's still art that you love that's on your shelf. And it's like, I don't need another reason to justify a $200 book purchase. (laughs) But all is well. I support you in your goal. 
Thank you. I support you in your goal. Thank you. <laughs> and I, Kyle and I binged season one of Heartstopper so that we could start season two. Well, you rewatched it? I rewatched it. I love it. It's so good. It's so, so good. Cute. It's worth a rewatch. Re- the quote. So we started season two, but we're taking it like one episode at a time. We're trying to take it slow too. It's so hard. Rusty wants us to do one episode a week. He's like, I just don't want it to end so soon. And I'm like, that's noble, but I will rewatch. Yes. I will rewatch. Yeah. And so I think we're like five episodes in right now. <gasps> yeah. Is it like eight? Because the first season's like eight, right? It's not that many. Not enough. <gasps> so sad. I was nervous that coming in like season two, like it would not have yeah. the same... It has all the same vibes, all the same energy, and I adore it. I had forgotten, and I remember once Kyle and I watched it together, just how annoying Tao was in the first season. (laughs) Rusty loves Tao. Rusty is a Tao stan. Possessiveness and that he's a little emotionally unintelligent. Yeah, like good lord. Mm -hmm. But also, his mom is like the sweetest, most wonderful. Love her. She is rooting for Tao and Elle harder than anyone, and I love that. I'm like, yes, mom. Yes, yes. (laughs) There was this scene in there where she kind of gives Tao this little pep talk, and then it ended, and Kyle's like, "That is some good ass parenting right there." She's incredible. (laughs) Yeah, we are. We are loving it. I did buy Nimona, the graphic novel, because they made a movie for it on Netflix. Oh, okay, cool. So I think it's like a graphic novel. I think there's only one, to my knowledge. Okay. I could be wrong. But I haven't read it yet. Are you going to read it before watching? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's pretty much all I got about it. Love it. Yeah. All right. All right. Go for it. All right. This episode we decided to do well this episode and the next episode for the month of september yes we are doing dark academia month Ooh. for our main episodes we have a couple mini episodes mm-hmm. one has already aired one will be airing yes um where we're talking about our favorite school back to school books but as september oh my gosh i was thinking october <laughs> this year is the blur everything's a blur i know <laughs> So September, we decided back to school theme, mm-hmm. dark academia theme for our main reads. Mm. And I'm going to be honest, like I have not, I, I dark academia hasn't been my main genre. Yeah. And I'm feeling after my, this read, and then I'm mm-hmm. partway through the read that I'm talking about for next time. I feel like I've been sleeping on dark academia, man. Yeah. Like I've read a lot of books that have like schools, school setting, that sort of thing. Yeah. But not anything that's dark academia specific. Yeah. And I'm loving it so far. <gasps> I okay, so Happy Squeal. I'm so happy excited. Squeal. I know, same. So <gasps> before I picked my books for this month, I did like some research. I went on Goodreads and was searching dark academia. Yeah. I went and like watched some YouTube videos and dark academia because it's kind of a new genre for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And during my search, I had this list on my phone of like various kind of popular dark academia mm-hmm. books that I was considering. And then I came across this book, which is not a popular dark academia book. In fact, it just came out. This is coming out in September. It came out in July. Okay. July 23rd, I think, was when it came out. So it's fresh. It's fresh. We started talking about doing Dark Academia, mm-hmm. like, 
at the end of July. So it had just come out and I mm. came across it on Goodreads mm-hmm. and I was intrigued because the author, Emma Wang, uh-huh. is the author of another book that I have read by her called The Sort of Kaigen, mm-hmm. which not dark academia at all. There is a school, uh-huh. but it is not dark academia. It's not even really academia. Mm-hmm. And, but I absolutely loved it. I devoured that book by her. It touched on a lot of really great themes and it was really well done. And Mm. so when I saw this, I was super excited because I was like, I love that author. She is self-published. So her last book was self-published. Amazing. And it was so well done for self-published. And I was like, okay, she's taking a completely different track. Dark fantasy, dark academia. Yeah, let's go. I read the description and I was like, sold. I am going to read it. Woohoo! So I, oh shoot, I forgot my Kindle. So I read it on Kindle because it was not, even though it came out on the twenty third. Uh huh. When I tried to go and purchase like the paperback yeah. or any other back, any physical <laughs> copy, they weren't even out yet. Even though it was supposed to come out on the twenty third, I don't know what kind of delays there were going on. So it was yeah. only available on ebook. So I downloaded the ebook, but some, somehow it only downloaded the sample. What? So I read the sample and I was like, I got to keep going. Like, this is so good. And so I was like hounding, trying to find out a way to get this ebook. And I finally was able to download it from her website, not even from like Amazon or anything like that. So I downloaded it on my Kindle oh my and I wish I had my Kindle because I had so many highlighted quotes. Oh. I love that. Be- I don't usually read on a Kindle, but I, for this book, it was really great for me because I, yeah, I discovered you're able to highlight on there, and oh. there are so many poignant quotes. Mm. Anyway, we'll get into it. So I read it on Kindle. <laughs> Obviously, I have a paper copy here in front of me. I as soon as it was available, I went and bought the paper copy. There's also a different looking hardcover that oh. I also bought because I loved it oh, so yeah. much. So I was like, I, as you can tell, I'm excited about this. These book. are some hot pursuits. Oh, I know. You've been on quite a chase, <laughs> right? I love it. So happy. Okay. So I guess I haven't even said the name of the book yet. Um, it's called Blood Over Brighthaven by Emma Wang. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And oh, I need my notes. Oh, I'm see, I'm going off script here, guys. <laughs> I took notes as I was reading this book on my Kindle and physical copy, and it starts with the prologue. And after reading the prologue, my the first thing I wrote was, "Holy hell, what an <laughs> intro." <laughs> It was good. So let's get into it. Blood blood over Brighthaven. So the story opens up with this tribe, this Mm -hmm. very, very small tribe. Same thing that I say with every fantasy book. I'm going to butcher all the names. There's trauma, man. There's trauma. Yes, there's trauma, but also the names. (laughs) I always don't know how to pronounce the names, but here we go. The Kaldane tribe. I'm going to say that. So it's this very small tribe. Caldonae. Caldonae. C-A-L-D-O-N-N-A-E. That's how I'd say it. Yeah. We're going to go for it. Beautiful. So it's this really, there's few remaining members of this tribe. And that is because they are seeking refuge. They're seeking refuge from this magical phenomenon Mm -hmm. that is kind of taking over the wild of this world Mm -hmm. called the Blight. And the blight is basically it's it seems it's seemingly random. Uh-huh. There are areas of this world where it hits more often, but what it does is it's this basically surge of energy or um, this magical phenomenon that will hit any living creature. It doesn't have to be human, it can mm-hmm. be animals, plants, people, anything that has kind of living energy. Yes. Mm-hmm. 
and it destroys you basically. So what? for people, it unravels the skin when it hits. It's a mm-hmm. surge of white and it starts to unravel the skin, unravels flesh, destroys your very being until all that's left is basically bone. Oh my God. And bone and blood. <laughs> that's all that remains. <laughs> So this tribe, the Kaldane tribe, there are several tribes, as you discover throughout the book, there are several tribes that exist in this world, but the one that we are introduced to is the last of this tribe. There is a handful of members left because the rest have been destroyed by blight, um, either directly by blight or by just kind of starvation because their food sources are all being wiped out by this phenomenon. And they are seeking refuge in the city of Tehran. And Tehran is basically this, city with a barrier or a magical barrier kind of mm-hmm. like a dome i picture okay. this like luminescent dome mm-hmm. over the entire city and it protects from the blights and this tribe in the last ditch effort of survival for their entire you know tribal species yeah is trying to get in mm-hmm. and the reason it's so hard to get in is because blight seems to hit especially hard around the barriers of this dome. Mm. So they, it's the middle of winter, it's Mm -hmm. freezing cold, they're crossing this partially melted lake in order to enter Tehran, the barriers of Tehran. And the members are all kind of saying goodbye. The one we're kind of focusing on is Tommel. Tommel is his name, I couldn't remember Mm -hmm. his name for a second, but Tommel, (laughs) he's saying goodbye to his family members. You know, they're they're all, once we get going, we have to run to try and outrun the blights. Stop for anyone saying their last goodbyes, but also maintaining this hope of we're going to get into this city. Yeah. And he is with, you know, he's got his sister, his brother-in-law, and then their child are there with him, and then some various other members. And once they decide to go, they're running across this lake. Um, Stress. Yeah. So as they're running, you know, various members are getting hit by blight on either side. Mm -hmm. It's this snowy setting. So as the blight is unraveling them. It's basically, he describes it as fl- like flower blossoms of blood <gasps> against the white. Sure. Um, so it's it's like a field of red flowers in this bed of white. Oh and my God. the first one um, that really impacts him that gets hit is his brother-in-law gets hit by blight. Dead. <laughs> um, him, his sister, his sister's holding his niece Aww. who is very young. They're running across the lake breaks under his sister and so he basically runs back scoops up his niece and continues running with her he hesitates because he's like how am i just leaving my sister to die right. either she's gonna drown or the blight's gonna get her either way she's ending in death right. he hesitates starts to turn and she basically the last thing he sees of her is her screaming keep going like save my yeah save my daughter and so he does with you know he's exhausted every ounce of him runs across the barrier (laughs) and the barrier protects both from the blight and it also kind of protects from the elements so he crosses it's instantly warmer and he is laying on the ground with his niece who got partially attacked by blight on their way over it like started to take her but he was able to kind of escape it so she's got like this scar on her face blood coming down her face she's passed out he's on the brink of exhaustion and these two barrier guards from the city of Tehran come up and he's feeling all this huge sense of relief and right away they are they look at him and they're like he can work the daughter mm. is she's too far gone let's throw her back out oh my god and Tommel is basically in his broken they have a different accent but kind of gen- shared general languages yeah he's basically able to commun- communicate with them that 
he lies and says, no, this is, this is my daughter. I will accept responsibility for her. Right. We will be able to work. Yeah. And so they both go to this work camp for refugees of oh my God. Yeah, the tribes that are able to escape the blight. How old is she? She's very young. I don't remember exactly how old, but I'm, in my head she's around four, four to six-ish. Okay. Pretty young. Mm-hmm. And he is in his, at this point, I would say like late teens. Oh, oh. Um, so they're both babies. Yeah. <laughs> so that is our intro. And right away I was like, holy shit. Like it was, the way it was written was very emotional, like oh. very emotionally charged. So that's the prologue. Wow. And then, so like I said, Tehran is this protected city. It is also very technologically advanced where mm-hmm. the tribes are still kind of basically hunter-gatherer type society Tehran is very technologically advanced mm-hmm. but is basically powered by magic oh. so it's you know it's got lights it's got trains it's got cars it's got you know everything that you would imagine in kind of our society but it's right. all powered instead of by electricity it's powered by magic and it's a very also patriarchal society mm-hmm. it is as we have already kind of seen very racist the tribes are basically all the lands around Tehran is known as the Quen lands. Quen mm-hmm. is kind of the name that's given to all of the people who are able to make it in. Mm-hmm. And Quen are basically allotted physical labor, mm-hmm. the kind of less than jobs, things that would not be appropriate for a prop like you know, a proper person to do in this society. Mm-hmm. And Quen are viewed as dirty, subhuman, unintelligent, violent, basically all of the negative attributes you come with come up with and this all of these attributes are supported by the uh tyrannish religious doctrine i i wish i had my oh i thought i can i can access all my quotes on my kindle app because there's one that i want to read here okay so here's the quote which really encompasses the way that the quen are viewed so this quote comes from a basically religious doctrine written out doctrine that is followed by all the people of tehran Mm -hmm. So the Quen were cursed and living in darkness when Lord Prophet Leon freed the basin from their control. In his mercy, Leon offered unto their uh, surviving leaders a way out of the darkness. Instead, they turned away and sealed their their curse in perpetuity when they refused the true God. Now, when the wretched descendants of these tribes enter Tehran, they do so as half-souls, tainted by the folly of their forebearers. It is our duty, as Tehranish, to make these wretches whole through re-education, and offer unto them every opportunity to redeem their souls through labor. Though in his savagery, the Quen shows little gratitude, to civilize him, it is the moral obligation of all Tehranish as the chosen of God. Wow. So. That's abominable. Disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. Mm -hmm. But also quite reminiscent of things that have happened throughout history and are still happening. Yeah. So, um... There were several quotes like that throughout, but I thought that one really just kind of encompassed the establishment and the way it's set up that people, this is just the way it is. And it's our duty to help these uncivilized tribes through labor. And if they, if they can't redeem themselves through that, then there's no hope for them. You know, like it's disgusting. That's horrifying. Yes. So our main character is Siona. Mm -hmm. She is a female mage. And she is an, not even an orphan. So her father, we find out, is a high up political man. Mm-hmm. 
politician, I guess I should say, a high up politician <laughs> who's running for some high seat in government, mm-hmm. but her mother has died. And mm-hmm. when her mother died, he basically was like, I want nothing to do with you. Cast her off. She now lives with her aunt and her cousin. Mm-hmm. They're the ones who raised her. Mm-hmm. And they have basically, you know, supported her in this patriarch patriarchal society as she's decided she wants to pursue academics Mm -hmm. which is basically off limits to females in this society female mages female mages aren't unheard of Mm -hmm. um but they tend to go into they kind of cap off their education and go into education or administration Mm -hmm. those sorts of you know womanly roles but siona is pursuing academia and in particular, she wants to be the first woman who is accepted into the high magistry, which is basically this elite school mm-hmm. where there's only only several members are a part of and they do research mm-hmm. and find new ways to do magic, apply magic, um, that sort of thing. And every 10 years, one woman is allowed to apply and enter. And she notes how basically it's, it's a token spot that is, it's not even given to them. They're allowed to apply and then they fail. And that goes on to show for the next 10 years, how women are not suited for academia. Wow. And so she, this, we join her on the morning of her exam where she is attempting to get into this elite male dominated <laughs> subset of academia. Yeah. And it's very uh, performative. She notes that it's, it's yeah, a token not to equality. Not even that. It's worse than that. You know, it's every 10 years. Right. So the day of Siona's exam, she and her cousin Alba, who was one of the ones who helped raise her, Mm -hmm. are on the train. Siona's obviously very nervous to be doing this exam. And she is, uh, she says, how unreasonable was it to expect failure where no woman had ever succeeded? Realistically, Siona's purpose was to fail here. So she's going in with the mindset, like, I want this so bad, but the odds are so obviously not in my favor. Right, right. So they arrive at the university where the testing enters, or the testing takes place, and they enter the testing hall. Mm -hmm. Alba's able to go in with her, and there are several other hopefuls, obviously all men, in this kind of testing hall room. Mm -hmm. They all take seats around, and the testing floor remains open, and then kind of, I picture it as like sitting on these high pedestals up at the head are the, the men who kind of, rule and allow entrance and that's yes exactly um and they're kind of the ones who also run the city but they're they're the best of the best mages the 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 youngest one is 46 you know so they're all old white men i I picture them as white men emma wang is asian Mm -hmm. so i'm not sure what ethnicity all of these people are actually supposed to represent but they're white men they're all white men yes they're gross so obviously all the men who are there she's like they all went to good schools they come from old money old magic several of them have fathers who are you know up on the the ones who are making the decision on whether they get it or not um and that sort of thing so i'm one of them actually of note is siona's mentor um Mm -hmm. archmage brigham brigham Brigham. Archmage Brigham is his name. He was actually Siona's mentor. Siona's mentor. So mm-hmm. she does have a familiar face up there. Um, and he is really rooting for her. He's the one who kind of encouraged her, like, hey, you're good enough to do this. Aww. You've got this. So the exam. One at a time, oh each hopeful will go down onto the floor and the archmages who are uh, giving the test will 
ask them to perform different tasks within their magical abilities and Mm -hmm. put on a demonstration basically. And the first one to go up is one of the guy's sons and Siona's the whole time is like, oh my God, I could do so much better than this. Like you could tell he's just gotten by on life through who he knows, (laughs) who his parents are. (gasps) Yeah. So she's cringing the whole time. She's like whispering (laughs) to Alba like, okay, I could do so much better. She's eager. She's like, let me show what I can do. I've had to work so hard for this. I could blow these guys out of the water. Yeah. And it's really unique because this, in this world, magic is really like, it's like a, it's like, it's like science basically. It's very mathematical, very calculated. And Basically how it works is that a mage, so they they come up with a code mm-hmm. and they code their magic into a device called a spellgram. So it's kind of like, you know, it's like a tech bro, you know, like you're coding things. Yeah. And the first part of the spell is an action spell. So that's like figuring out what you want the spell to do. And then the mm-hmm. second part of the spell is sourcing. So, and this plays a huge role throughout the book, but sourcing is where... The magic comes from this place called the other realm mm. and how they do it is basically they they open up a portal mm. into the other realm like a small little map basically mm. and there's various shades of you know black gray white that kind of represent energy mm. where that you can tap from to get the funds for your magic Interesting. and so they the other realm is a, is a realm of God that's been gifted to them to, you know, pull from and use magic to power their city, make sure their city is the best and brightest. Mm. And is one of the reasons why the people of Tehran are so much higher than the Quen who, you know, they don't know how to do this. This was gifted to us. It is our role, our God-given right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so magic is kind of a multi-source thing where you have multiple steps it takes a lot of skill and a lot of calculation. There's also an option where you pull from the reserve, which is basically this endless source that is constantly pulled from the other realm that is available mostly for powering the city, like powering lights, it pulls from the reserve. So usually when you're doing magic, you're creating your own source where you are, you're pulling. And that's Siona's specialty is she is really, really good at sourcing, mm-hmm. finding spots where there's lots of energy and pulling from the other realm. Okay. And you have to be really precise, like, with your coordinates. Otherwise, you might not get enough energy. You have to be really precise with your spelling. Otherwise, it might not do what you want it to do. Uh-huh. So, Siona gets her chance. And despite the archmages who are giving the exam, they, they give her some really unrealistic challenges. But she blows through them with flying colors. Yes. She excels. She wipes the floor with her competition. Oh. Even though she doesn't, like... She kind of breaks the breaks the rules at one point to do this unrealistic task that they're asking of her. And she thinks, like, that's it for me. Like, I failed. But she ends up getting accepted. Woo-hoo! And so she is the first female archmage in the High Magistry. Oh, and yeah. she's so stoked about it. Brigham tells her that the reason that he thinks that they kind of had to give her a position, even when they normally would probably not give a female a position, is because... They are working on a new project where they want to expand the barrier that's protecting Tehran. Mm. And they need enough magic to be able to do that. And since she is so good at sourcing, Uh which she demonstrated in her test, they really had no option but to let her in because that's her specialty and she's really good at it. Mm -hmm. 
So she goes off with the others who are now accepted and they go to this special area of the university that is for the high magistry and they're each given their own lab where they can work and start developing new techniques, new mm-hmm. spells, um, new ways of doing things in order to, their, their project basically is to source the expansion, figure out how this expansion is going to work right. logistically and safely. Yeah. She's super stoked. She gets there and some of the older, um, her older classmates who are mm-hmm. there are people she recognizes. One in particular she used to work with, work with when she was working for Archmage, Archmage Brigham, mm-hmm. the one who was her mentor. Mm-hmm. So she's familiar with him. He's a total dickhead. Of oh, course, they're all classic total dickheads, you know, yes. making snide little comments about, oh, how she slept her way to the top, how, you know, she only got in as, like, a token female, like, all these belittling comments that are just disgusting, and right off the bat, she is put in a position to fail when they are typically assigned a lab assistant, Mm -hmm. someone who is already working in academics, just not quite at that level, they're brought in as a lab assistant to assist, you know, they know how to work magic. They know how to run things. They know how things work. Right. She is given, instead of a lab assistant, her lab assistant, they give her the janitor. Oh, sorry, we don't have enough right now. You get the janitor. What? Setting her up for failure right off the bat <clears throat> with an untrained assistant. And more than that, the janitor is a quen. So it's, she's basically faced with, okay, I have to work with a quen. Right. They don't know anything about anything. Great. Is um, it our friend? It is Tommel. <gasps> so it has been about, I, I think it's about 10 years or so wow. since Siona's 28. I think he's yeah, around that same age. Uh-huh. Now he's been working as a janitor and he is now her assistant. And so basically, <laughs> basically she accepts just to kind of keep her dignity. She's like, oh yeah, I can work with that. You know, not yeah. a problem. I'm good enough that I can I can do this even with yeah. a janitor, a Quinn janitor as my assistant. Yeah. No problem. But secretly she's really stressed out. Yeah. And from here, Tommel, Siona, they team up and they embark on this journey together where she starts to teach him what she knows of magic, training him to be an appropriate lab assistant while they work on developing new magic for this barrier expansion Mm -hmm. and that's where i'm going to kind of leave it but basically along the way they make huge discoveries that have severe implications on not only tehran but the the tribes the outside world the quenlands as well and about like institutionalized racism misogyny all of this disgusting stuff and it's so the twists in this book were absolutely fantastic. So the main twist, well, not the main twist, but one of the really big twists happens about halfway through. And when it happens, I was, I did not see it coming and I was sobbing from what the implications were and what it meant and how it impacted the Quen and what it meant about the people of Tehran and the institutionalized systems that were in place for everyone. It, It was really, really good. And the thing that I really liked about this book as well is it doesn't shy away from what it all means yeah. and how it is relevant in today's societies as well. Mm. And it's 
it's not subtle at all. So her pre, I was her previous book, the sort of Kaigen, is pretty mm-hmm. subtle in its messages. It does delve into like misogyny and the woman's place and things like that, but it's mm-hmm. a lot more subtle and it, while still impactful this is not subtle it is screaming in our faces about how disgusting society is and institutionalized racism and all of these things and no characters are immune so i really appreciated that siona siona even though she's our main character our protagonist she's deeply entrenched in these systems yeah and even as a woman where she has been experiencing the impacts of their society as a woman She's still, it's still, she's not immune to the, I guess, the role that this has played in her life Mm -hmm. and how hard it is for her to break away from that once she realizes how disgusting the system has been. She is not, like, perfect. She's not a perfect character. She doesn't turn into this, like, white hero that's like, oh my god, I've been doing this all wrong and we must Mm -hmm. save everything. Like, she goes through... She goes through it and she still doesn't quite get it throughout the whole book. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so powerful because it's someone who we're rooting for, but she's upholding these disgusting things and she doesn't quite get it for, I would argue, for the whole story. Like even at the very end when, and the end is a huge twist as well. I loved the ending of this book. I was like, holy shit, they just did that. Like this is not... I, it was so good. Um, But I really loved, I really, to to cut it short, I really loved how Siona was portrayed and how she's not, she doesn't turn into this like white hero, you know? And it deals a lot with like intersectionality because Siona's a woman, but Mm -hmm. she's a Toronish woman. So she's still a part of this uh, privileged society and what that means versus Tamil, who's a man who, this is a patriarchal society, but he's a Quen man, you know, mm-hmm. and for the, even more than that, how does life look like for a Quen woman? And how, like, how much worse is that for right. someone like that, who is looked at as less than human and is also a woman in a patriarchal society? Right. How Siona as a Tyrannish woman is benefiting, still benefiting from the society that is supported from the labor of Quen people. And you know, while she, she does come to a lot of realizations, and but it's still very difficult for her to reconcile that. It was just really beautiful done, beautifully done. And then I also wanted to touch on, so this, I mean, obviously this is a five out of five read for me. <laughs> I was thrilled with it the whole time. Oh. I think that it is, I don't know, I was, I was just like absolutely sobbing at multiple points in this oh. book. Like even just talking about it raises a lot of emotions in me because it is just so poignant and powerful and leaves you f- with such a bad taste on your tongue, but also such like a sense of hope and like, I don't know, it's just so hard to explain. I really, really liked it. Before I kind of dove into this book, I had kind of researched dark academia and like, mm-hmm. I kind of wanted to touch on how this book touches in the dark. I mean, obviously it takes place in an academic setting and it, but it's, so the dark academia elements that kind of, not all dark academia books, but are kind of like the core of dark academia mm-hmm. from my research are kind of like an outsider joins an elite setting, mm-hmm. an elite academic setting, which we have. Siona kind of, adjo- Siona and Tom are both outsiders that are now entrenched in this academic world run by men. Yeah. And then you obviously have the academic setting. Mm-hmm. Another element is obsession, and Siona is obsessed. She's obsessed with magic. She's obsessed with research. Mm-hmm. She's obsessed with how it's all developed, how it's all come from, like where, how it all works. Right. So we've got that element. 
one of the elements that I don't think this book had that uh, a lot of dark academia books do have is the element of death. Mm. I, I there is in a sense because I mean obviously there's a lot of violence done to the Quen people, right. but it's not kind of one of the core elements of this book mm. is death, which from my research a lot of dark academia books kind of deal with that. Uh-huh. And then the last element that dark academia books kind of incorporate is like a critique of academia in general which Mm -hmm. this absolutely does it has critiques both for like racism and misogyny and um, organized religion organized religion all yeah all of these things so that was my book this (gasps) week and it i loved it it was really really good and i highly recommend it for anyone who likes Mm. dark academia or fantasy or reading about uh social topics that are deeply impactful. Yeah. I it's, it's so good. Oh, it's so so good. I really amazing. liked it, and I'm so glad that we had this topic, yes. so that I could read this book. Yes. <laughs> and I'm so glad I found it, so that I could talk about it. <laughs> I love. Did you know, or do you know if there's going to be a sequel? It's a standalone. Yeah, but it ends on a twist. It ends on a twist. Oh god. But it's yeah. It's it's like ooh. It's good. <laughs> it's good. It's a twist that. Oh. You don't see coming, but it it cinches everything up. No, it doesn't. Like I guess it doesn't cinch anything up, which is what's so beautiful about it. I think because how can you cinch up and perfectly package a society that's run on racism and yeah, corruption? So I love that that it kind of left on a twist, and you're like, holy shit! And what does this mean for everyone that was involved and the future of these societies? And yeah. Do you learn more about, like, light? Like, where yes. it comes from, what it is? Is it made of magic? It's a magical phenomenon, yes. Oh, okay. So it's – I don't want to give any spoilers, mm-hmm. um, but, yes, you do more, learn more about light. That's part of kind of the research as they're developing this barrier expansion because, you know, the area around the, the barrier is one of the heaviest areas of light mm-hmm. that, there, that there are. So as they're trying to expand, they have to kind of explore, like – what is light you know as we're expanding and right. this expansion is going to protect more of that area what does this mean what like what is it right what is it and like why are why is this barrier a protection because the barrier initially was put in place at the start of Tur- like Tehran mm-hmm. by the the founders which Leon the one who had that quote that I read at the beginning about the Quen is one of the founders the main founders of Tehran so right. they're the ones who put this barrier in place and it's been there mm-hmm. same as it has been since then so they're really having to deal delve into like what is that and what does it mean how does it work so yes you do do learn more about light (laughs) no spoilers because it's it's huge it's a huge twist (laughs) dang that sounds amazing yeah it's really good i really really liked it (laughs) i feel like that might be one of your all-time favorites that we've talked about i think it's one of my favorite books this year honestly and that's shocking because i've read some really good books this year and i wasn't expecting this to be one of my favorites but like I'm already like, I'm going to do a reread, man. Yes. so good. I love that. Yeah. Oh, oh. And some of the criticism that I've seen from my Goodreads is that it's not, like, it's not very subtle. And I'm like, no, that's why I love it. Like, yeah. slam me in the face with all of this. Like, 100%. It's so important. It's also that thing of, like, how dare you? I know. How dare you criticize this for being not, for not being a yeah. subtle message. Yeah. It shouldn't be a right. subtle message. It's up. Exactly. And so, like, right from the get-go, like, you're kind of like, Siona's kind of a bimbo, like, because she's, you know, supporting these the society, and it's like, 
to the reader, it's so obvious that it's fucked up. Right. But, like, it's such a reflection of our own society. Yeah. And how our society has been built. Yeah. And how it continues to be sustained. That it's like, but still, we're all sitting here in ignorance. I'm like, okay, yeah. where did I buy this book from? Like, I mean, where was this book made? Right. Probably from, like, you know, it's just, like, everything that we are all okay with mm-hmm. comes from places that are taking advantage of other people you know so it's like I don't know it's really caused me to ponder a lot too because yes it's not subtle in the book but that's it's it's a reflection of us so it shouldn't be subtle you know right right (laughs) it should be uncomfortable yes exactly it should hurt exactly yeah 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 no that's amazing Mm -hmm. and that sounds so powerful it was really powerful for me um that's it yeah for my first dark academia mm-hmm. book, I read They Never Learn okay. by Elaine Fargo. So I give this book five out of five stars. Yes. Um, it was really good. I started it like last year. I was visiting my mom. Um, and so I brought it with me as like my travel book. Yeah. But for some reason I like couldn't get beyond like 70 pages. Okay. But I'd heard like so many good things about it and since we were doing this theme then I was like I haven't given up on it like I'm gonna try it again so I just started from the beginning and just like powered through it like mm-hmm. it was and it was really good like I just plowed through love okay yeah pleasant surprise I, that rarely happens where like yeah. I start to read something and I'm kind of like on the fence and I just kind of set it down but I restarted it and yeah just loved it so they never learned by Lane Fargo yes so exciting um this book follows two different stories so two different women um Scarlett Clark who is faculty she's a faculty member of Gorman University which I think is kind of more like a New Englandy area um and Carly Schiller who is a student at Gorman University starting her freshman year and so Scarlett has the secret that she is a murderer oh Um, Oh, okay (laughs) (laughs) and it's like you know, it's not a secret to us because, like, the very first chapter, she's, like, waiting for her most recent victim <laughs> oh, to die. No way. <laughs> yeah. She's, like, hiding behind this, like, it's, like, one of those garage shelves. She's, like, hiding in the shadow. She's, like, any second now, I'm just going to croak. And she's, like, waiting for it. But she does this thing where she kind of, like, watches and waits and then finds men that are absolutely atrocious and then kills them and frames okay. it as like an accident or <laughs> she'll frame it as like suicide or like an accidental overdose, you know, yes. um, and has gotten away with it her whole life. since. So she, how long has she been doing this for? Years. Yeah. Cause she's like in her early, she's like 34 ish. So she's in her mid thirties. Okay. Um, and she's been doing it for at least like 10 to 15 years, I think. And so she's like waiting for him to die and it's all these different boys or men that she's learned have done these awful things to women to their partners like and she's like the world would be better off without them Mm -hmm. and so 
super trigger warning. Um, this person that she's killing was one of five boys who assaulted this woman at a party. Mm-hmm. And this boy, out of all five, was the only one who was stone cold sober. And so she's like killing Dead. him. Dead. Send a message to yep. the rest of them. Hate you all. Good. Yeah. Good. Motherfuckers. Not that being drunk is any excuse. Not at all. But no. disgusting. 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 All around. Yes. Like, yes. And I'm glad you said that. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Being under the influence of anything is not ever an excuse yes. to hurt somebody. Yes. So she waits until he starts. He's in his like mid-morning workout routine. God, I hate him. <laughs> I know, he sucks. He's like the star athlete. He's like that blonde golden boy. And so, so he's a student at the school? Yes. Okay, okay. Yeah, so he's a student. And I think he's had one of her classes like one time. But she had the student that he attacked um, as one of her students um, and kind of saw the aftermath and the mm-hmm. effects of what that attack had on this this woman and so every morning this star athlete would go for a run um, and then come back to the frat house classic and finish his workout in the gym in like their home gym yeah that's like in a detached garage yeah and he drinks this like nasty ass like juice air quotes (laughs) that's like spinach and egg whites and all that disgusting nastiness she puts this foul concoction and she'll spend months trying like watching and like stalking her victims Mm -hmm. to make sure that it's as seamless of a death Mm -hmm. as possible she's Um, meticulous she's very meticulous and so she knows all about his drink his like juice in his workout regimen, she's like, I tried the juice. It's fucking nasty. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so she puts this, like, she sneaks this little, like, poison in his juice um, and then waits for it to, like, start taking over and, mm-hmm. like, killing him. Question? Does she does she reveal that she's killing him to her victims? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> so he starts to kind of, like, he starts lifting and then he kind of starts to give out a little and he tries to like shake it off. He's like, that's weird. Yeah. I'm perfect. <laughs> How could this happen to me? <laughs> so he keeps trying and then he's like, whoa, like kind of like falling over. And then our homegirl, once he's like sufficiently weakened, our homegirl Scarlet walks out and she like is kind of standing over him all like powerfully just looking down as he's dying. Or he's like, why? And, like, why Why are you doing this to me? Yeah. And she just says the name of the woman that he hurt. And yes. it's, like, this recognition of, like, oh, shit. Yes. And, like, fear. And then he dies. And it's, like, fuck you. So yes. good. <laughs> and she's working on, as he's, like, dying, she uses, like, his face recognition on his phone. She has her gloves on. Uh-huh. She's typing out, like, a goodbye world, sorry, with, like, his daily sunrise post. He's, like, last Ugh. run ever. Ugh. And she's, like, I just wrote your, like, death note. Like, <laughs> bye. Bye. And then he dies. Good riddance. <laughs> and so she leaves her phone. She's, like, oh, whatever. And then <laughs> just kind of walks away. Um, 
So then after that, there's this huge meeting, this huge meeting among like the lit department and also just the college in general. But they're deciding the headmaster of the college and the director of um, Scarlett's program has decided that, you know, with the death of this student, um, it's not the only, quote, like suicide. They think that there are all suicides. It's not the only one that's happened on this property, um, on campus. Mm. How, like, we wouldn't want that to affect our reputation. Of course not. Because he's such that. a great student. Yeah. Um, star athlete. Star athlete. Yeah. Golden boy. Mm-hmm. And so they hire this woman who is also like a scholar. Um, she has her doctorate. She's just brilliant. They hire her to facilitate this suicide prevention program. Mm-hmm. And as part of the program, she is so thorough and determined and diligent that she's like, we are going to fully investigate all of the suicides on campus within the past 10 years and look for underlying causes to then strategize an approach to Mm -hmm. kind of mitigate those effects and those, you know, those struggles that people are having, those Mm -hmm. risk factors. And so Scarlett's like, (laughs) (laughs) and she's like, not all of my murders are like fake suicides, but like, serial killer energy um <laughs> she situates herself as close to the investigation as of possible course, yes. yeah so she meets this woman who is the ex-wife of scarlet's boss who is like a misogynistic piece of shit mm-hmm. too and he's definitely on her hit list he's just a little ways down mm-hmm. <laughs> so she meets the ex-wife. She's kind of terrified of her, but also a little in love with her. <laughs> and it's just, like, mesmerized yes. by her. Like, she has such a powerful presence. And she's like, we're getting to the bottom of this. Mm-hmm. And so Scarlett sees, like, this as this woman kind of starts unfolding all of these details, she ends up telling Scarlett, like, I don't think that all of these were suicides. Like, she was, like, especially in the instance of this boy, like, because he just posted this very soft and gentle, like, goodbye, world. Like, I'm sorry. Um, This is my last run. Mm -hmm. And she's, like, that's so not in character Mm. with star athlete, loves being center of attention, like, is very loud. And she's, like, not that that's, not that that behavior can't occur, not that depression and, and, you know, risk factors leading to someone to take their life, like, couldn't happen in a star athlete, like, of course it could, Mm -hmm. but, like, she's, like, in all of my previous research, this is not supported, Mm -hmm. like, these two aren't making sense, it's not feeling right, Mm -hmm. she's, like, I know it's just a gut feeling, but, like, I've never seen anything like this before, and so, Scarlett's kind of, like, And then she has another kill on the docket. And so she's in the process of studying her next victim. 
And when the death of that victim finally kind of happens. Um, so despite this, she's still. Oh yeah. Okay. She's got a hunger. She's, she's like, I gotta need. do it. She's got a. She's got a Dexter energy. Yes. She's like, I don't know, like vigilante Jane. <laughs> Not like GI Joe, but <laughs> vigilante Jane. Yes. Um. Yeah. No. She's like, shit's gotta happen. Yep. Um. And I've got a schedule. I'm yes, with it. Yeah, we're we're on to, yep. we're on deadline. <laughs> yeah, deadline. I love a working woman. <laughs> yes, love it. Powerhouse. Yeah. <laughs> and so then her next death, the next person on her radar that she kills, suffice it to say, it does not go as planned, and it actually for the first time ever kind of leaves her like afraid and she's never really been afraid before Mm -hmm. because she is so meticulous she is so precise but with this specific person like there is kind of a personal relationship there and as soon as her emotions get involved all of a sudden this murdering spree of hers kind of takes a turn and is a lot messier than her normal cold like business oriented style mm-hmm. so that's kind of Scarlett's story is kind of this will she won't she what happens if she is discovered okay. what happens okay. so that's her yes and then we have Carly who hers is a little less complex like it still is complex but she's not a murderer she's not a murderer <laughs> <laughs> yeah she's not she is just a baby freshman um at this college and trying to make friends and trying to just kind of feel it out. She's living in the dorms. Her dad's a piece of shit, mm. and her mom is still with her dad. They've been together for years. She and her mom have gotten, like, really close over the years just because of all that trauma. Like, yeah. they have kind of been each other's ally. So yeah. And so – she's removed and feels relieved but also a little guilty Mm -hmm. like leaving her mom in that environment but is so grateful to be out Mm -hmm. so she moves into a dorm and has a dorm mate I think her name's Amanda oh it's Allison you you got the A right right? (laughs) and so she has this dorm mate Allison who is kind of the opposite of Carly Carly is like very shy very reserved kind of has, like, more socially anxious, like, feelings and tendencies, and Allison is, like, in theater, she's, like, super vibrant, super, like, life of the party, um, and then they also have a friend, um, Allison has a friend named Wes, who soon also becomes Carly's friend, so basically, we watch, like, Carly kind of going through this school experience, like, meeting these professors and like like making friends but not really friends and she does fall in love with Allison and Aww. there is this scene that's really cute where like Allison plans this kind of date for her where she takes all of like these blankets and her favorite snacks and takes them to like the fire escape and sets up this cute, cute. little like yeah. bed and then brings out her laptop and they watch like it's like Eternal Sunshine of the Spotlight. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never seen You've that. You've never seen it? Uh-uh. Is it good? Um, it's kind of one of those classics that it's like either you love it or you hate it. A mm-hmm. lot of people really love it. I thought it was a little weird. Mm-hmm. 
Hmm. Yeah, I've never seen it before. But it's an I interesting have, one. I've heard a lot of people yeah. talk about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they watch it, and Allison's like, I know you don't like going to parties, and I drive you to a lot of parties, so I thought that I would, like, bring a party to you. Oh, it's so cute. It's cute. So that kind of becomes a mess when Allison fixates on one of the boys in her theater group who ends up getting the main lead role in the play that they're performing, and then Allison gets the main female role, and so it kind of leads to some conflict. That's kind of Carly's experience and Scarlett's experience. Um, okay, so review-wise... Okay, wait, but how do... how? I mean, without spoiling it, can you give away how they kind of intertwine the two stories? Yeah, so... Okay, I was determined that this would be spoiler-free. Yeah, okay, so, well, if it's going to give too much of the spoilers, you don't have to go into it, but do no, they? No. Do, do they? They do, okay, okay. because... And I was waiting for that, too, because the whole time I was like, how do these two come together? Yeah. And we could always, like, do a little spoiler alert. Yeah. And then just make a little mark in the recording. Yeah, we can, okay, we'll alert in the, in our final, if you're worried about spoilers, look in the description of this post and we'll put. Yes. Where we stop talking about the spoilers. Yeah. For this one. So if you don't mind spoilers. Keep listening. Keep listening. If you do, skip to the next little section. Yes. Yes. I'll put a little timestamp. Yes. In. Okay. They're the same person. Oh, what? Yeah. Oh, that is. <laughs> I know. Okay. So that's one of the things that I was excited about was that, because this whole time I was like, how are they connected? Because I get there's this like underlying theme of like, you know, misogyny. Yeah the you know whatever but like how do these two women come together yeah and then I find out there's a teacher who is Carly's teacher she kind of like ends up becoming friends with him um he takes her to bars and they talk about her assignments mm-hmm. he kind of like helps her because she's going through a lot of real life mm-hmm. stuff her friend I'll Alex, trust him I, I know okay it's scary her, <laughs> Her friend Allison gets attacked by the boy that she likes. I know it's awful at a party and is very much like life sucked out of her. I felt like it was a a really powerful kind of like transition or like juxtaposition because we get to see like how vibrant and outgoing and how life of the party she is. And then after this happens and everyone just belittling her experience, we see how it affects her and how that is like sucked out of her and how, how much it like weighs her down. Mm -hmm. Like all of a sudden there's this gravity. Mm -hmm. And, and so, um, Carly ends up talking to her professor about it. And then he tries to make out with her (gasps) and she's like, are you kidding me? And so then with Scarlett, she ends up killing him because he's her new boss. And he oh. doesn't recognize her okay. from when she was younger. Oh, okay. Yeah. Ooh, juicy. I love it. I know. <laughs> so, like, that's kind of the thing where, okay, spoilers over. But Wait, wait, wait. Before we get spoilers, okay. do we see Carly's first kill? Yes. Okay, cool. And that's kind of the thing. That is one of my pieces of feedback. So... 
There's a plot twist in the middle. Oh, wait, wait. Are we spoilers over now? Spoilers okay, over. Okay, spoilers over. Yes. Spoilers <laughs> over. There is a plot twist in the middle, which is the one that I just mentioned, okay. that I did not see coming. Like, this whole time I'm trying to piece together how they are connected. Mm-hmm. And it seems to be, like, just this huge mystery. And then halfway through the book, all of a sudden it all makes sense. Okay. And I, it, I made me so happy because I saw it and I was like, wait. And then I, it was one of those moments, it's so rare, but I closed the book and just stared at a wall. And you're like, oh. And I just smiled. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, act a genius. Yeah. Way to go, Wayne. Yeah. I'm so proud. I'm like, that is amazing. So good. Yeah. Totally pulled the rug out of me. Yeah. Out of my, under, from my. <laughs> you're just so baffled, you can't even, <laughs> can't even get the words get out. Get my yeah. phrases right. <laughs> but yeah, totally threw me. There were two plot twists that happened later, like, at the end of the book, mm-hmm. that I actually did kind of see coming. Okay. It, I did and I didn't. Yeah. Like, I knew they were going to involve two of the characters, but I didn't, and I knew, like, ultimately what was going to happen, yeah. but I didn't know how, how it was going to happen. Yeah, and why. Mm-hmm. But I was thinking a lot about it because... You know, I knew that those were going to happen eventually, pretty from pretty early on. Mm-hmm. But I was thinking a lot about how I had read Kingdom of the Wicked mm-hmm. by Carrie Montescalco and thinking that, like, I knew who the murderer was at the very beginning. Yeah. And just the whole book felt like, okay, can we get there? Yeah. Like, let's cut to the chase. Yeah. But this was like, I know where this is leading. But. But it doesn't prevent me from enjoying right. the ride there's a different yeah yeah it's not about feel. the ending and it's not about it's not necessarily about arriving there it's just enjoyable right and it's you know, so it doesn't it doesn't seem like the middle is filler like yeah whereas versus the other one it was like okay yeah I get it like but we're like I already know yeah. what's gonna happen versus this where it's like I know what's going to happen, but this is, this is the good stuff. Yeah. 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 Which I feel like is so rare. Like it's yeah. hard to get that muddy middle. Like, yeah. And, and make it feel meaningful. Yes. Even if you know where it's leading. Yeah. Absolutely. And it was like, okay, I'm pretty positive where this is headed, mm-hmm. but I'm enjoying the ride. Yeah. I and I'm that. curious where it'll take me before we get there. Mm-hmm. So it was a very different experience. Mm-hmm. And kind of along that same vein, like, I thought that the the pacing was amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, it had shorter chapters, but everyone felt so juicy that, like, you would hear from Scarlett's perspective, and it would end on kind of a cliffhanger, and it's like, wait, come back. Yeah. And then you'd hear, like, Carly's perspective, and it would end on a cliffhanger, and I'd be like, no, come back. Yeah. And sometimes with alternating perspectives, I feel like I like one more than the other. Mm-hmm. But with this one, I felt like they both stood on their own in really nice. meaningful ways. Nice. Um, so it was really good. There was some queer magic, which I love. I yes. always love that representation. Mm-hmm. Um, and Scarlett and the woman who is starting that um, suicide prevention committee, they kind of have this very tense but, like, intense, Ooh. like, flirtationship okay. for a minute, and then they end up falling in love. Of course. Which I guess is kind of a spoiler. So I'm sorry. Sorry about that one. Sorry about that one. <laughs> it just slipped. But also look forward to it. <laughs> yes. It's so... Oh, but it's, like, really cool, too, because it's, like, Scarlet is kind of at this point of 
you know, nobody, nobody can really know who I am because I have this huge secret. But then if I share that with someone, then no one would love me because this is like who I am and what I do. And I know that it's awful and I know that it's bad, but like, I also know like pragmatically, like all of these women are better off because these people are dead and not just that, but all the people that she's saved. Yeah. That would have been impacted. yeah. Yeah. So it's like really interesting. Those like concepts to like, do you kill one to save a thousand? Mm-hmm. Scarlet mm-hmm. would say yes. Yes, you do. Yeah. You kill that motherfucker. You know? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so I thought that was really amazing. I felt like too there was this there was this point where um, after Star Athlete died, everyone's sitting like in this auditorium while like the lead of the group, Scarlet's boss, is like talking about how tragic it is that this guy died and everyone's like oh he's so young he was so young it's gone too soon scarlet says like it's so obnoxious when people say like oh he's so young like she says like if he is young enough to commit these atrocious acts against people then he is old enough to face the consequences for them Mm -hmm. and i just think that is so Mm -hmm. valid and valuable absolutely so good yeah and then okay so before scarlet and this like other woman fall in love she has this little like side thing with this guy named jasper and their dynamic is so interesting but kind of hot too okay because she's like in her <laughs> office with all these like books around yes. and it's like there's a fire roaring yes and she's so no nonsense like she's so like to the point very sharp and he has been working for her for like four years he's mm-hmm. like he's technically a student <gasps> But he's, like, in his master's program, going into PhD land. And they, like, have a super flingy fling. Uh And so there are some spicy scenes. And it's very intense. I wouldn't expect that from this. And she's like, I know it's kind of hypocritical that, like, I kill these people that, like, you know, are hurting people that are in, like, a less powerful position Mm -hmm. and, like, you know, even killing people in power, like professors that have like hit on their female students. Mm-hmm. And here I am, like fucking one of mine. She's like, I know it's hypocritical, <laughs> but let's just find diet. It's little just, murder, little sexy. I love yeah, it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's quite the quite the combination. Yeah. And so yeah, I thought that dynamic was really interesting to see. Kind of how they evolved too is really really interesting. Yeah. And then I felt like, okay, so there was this overarching, like, mantra, I feel, or message that was just, like, fuck men. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it, yep. <laughs> it so is there, which is so, it's so funny to talk about since both of our partners, like, are male identifying. <laughs> wonderful. And they're so yeah. wonderful. They're like, little peaches. <laughs> yes, sweet little gems yeah. of the earth. Yeah. So it's always, like. So I think it's always so funny to like touch on those yeah. themes, but it's also like, but, but. yeah. And the thing is, I think that both of our men 
would agree. Yes. Fuck men. 100%. Like, men are the worst. Like, yes. 100%. <laughs> yeah. 100%. At times I was wondering if, like, this is partially, like, satirical, like, satire, because in some ways it did feel very exaggerated. Mm-hmm. Like, the star athlete committing these, like, super loud, like, odorous, odorous? <laughs> represented like a very specific type aspect of yeah yeah because you know Carly has this guy friend who Wes who they're really close he seems really respectful and over the course of the book like kind of takes a turn and is like I've been so patient like waiting for you to come around like waiting like I put my time in like I earned this so there's like that there's also just like you know the general um like creepy weird like professors yeah people like men in positions of power mm-hmm. hitting on you know these like basically children yeah. like these 18 year old yeah. freshmen girls yeah. and then there's like a, there's a janitor who's like you know creating these like holes and like that <gasps> and, walls and stuff yeah and so there are these very loud, very extreme types of her shithead father, yeah, father, yes, or, yeah, who like never physically touched them, like or like beat them or anything yeah. like that, but was so mentally and emotionally manipulative yeah. that it has like scarred them and had these like very traumatic, very real effects. So part of part of me was wondering, like, kind of what it represented on that larger scale Mm -hmm. it was really good and um in terms of like dark academia energy there were a lot of like the criteria that you were talking about but but i literally was like Air. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> 
And I was like, there's a Halloween moment. It's chilling. Sneaking about. <laughs> so I'm Which like, all of those things, yes. Yes. But I'm way not as cool as you. Um, and then, yeah, I felt like, lastly, out of all the characters, I trusted Scarlett, the murderer, the most. The most out of all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? She's just the most level-headed. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, it was, it was interesting, just contemplating, like, what is the cost of justice? Like, yeah. is it a price that's too big? Like, yeah. is it something that a single person should be, you know? Taking into their own hands. Right. Or, yeah. Right. And so, yeah, it was really interesting. I love that. Yeah. I'm very curious how it ends, too. Like, I want to know. I yeah. want to know. You can find out. Yes. Any old time. Absolutely. I know I feel that way about yours, too. Yeah. I'm like, I know. I never know. know. <laughs> like, I know we're trying to stay away from spoilers a little bit more now, but I'm like, oh, I want to know. <laughs> you know? That's kind of the thing where I feel like with spoilers, it's like, Seth reads it and she tells me all about it. Yeah. Like, I don't need to read it. Now I know. Exactly. Right? And it's like, now I'm like, I don't know, but I want to know. I need to know. I've always wanted to I know. know. <laughs> so, but yeah. So that was mine. Well, and also, like, kind of the elements... Like, the critique, I, it, I think it's a very clear critique of, like, academia, men in power, yeah. um, like, our society, and, yeah. yeah, what is appropriate, what is inappropriate, what, yeah. and how our, and how our justice system doesn't do anything about a lot of, like, that yes. someone may feel the need to take it into their own hands, because right. look at how many cases we've had right. where nothing's happened, you know, yes. and... Well, I think, like you said, all of the men in that represented some aspect of it. Right. And, you know, a lot of the, the, the cry is, like, not all men. But, yes, not all men, but all women have experienced something right. like that. Yes. You know? 100%. Like, where it may not be anything physical. Yeah. But there's been gross power dynamics, manipulation, yes. feeling, making you feel guilty, or, like, yeah. you need to, you owe someone something because yes. of something. Or, you know... Yeah. That sort of thing. So I think it is a big yeah. critique on our society and academia. And yeah. Yeah. So. And I think that's one of the things, too, that I thought was so interesting is, like, with her friendship, Carly's friendship with Wes, um, how, you know, she was waiting for him to be this weird, like, creepy dude. And she's like, oh, he's actually, like, one of the safe ones. Like, we're mm -hmm. actually friends. Mm -hmm. And then him at the end being like, I've put my time in. Right. Like, I was there for you. There's like, that disappointing. Yeah. Like, well, never mind. Yeah. Like, I gave this mm -hmm. to you. And what are you going to give me in return? Right. Like, I've earned this. Yeah. And it's Where friendship just, is not enough. It's right. something that, like, something more is owed. Yeah. 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 And just... Yeah, just sitting with all those different kinds of like, yeah, we've all experienced, we've all experienced that. Yep. And looking at the consequences that, yeah, the men experience in those situations versus how heavy it is for like the women in those situations mm -hmm. and experiences who are constantly living with the weight of other people's choices mm -hmm. while those men get to continue perpetuating yep. the same harm exactly. onto others. Like, yeah. It was just a very interesting, yeah, thought-provoking, yeah, story. I like it. <laughs> I did not come up with a would you rather. Okay, I have one. Oh, you do? Oh. So, would you rather uh -huh. never have to pay for groceries again in your life, 
or never have to pay for a plane ticket again in your life? Plane ticket. Yeah? Oh, yeah. Okay. What about you? A part of me is like, never have to pay for groceries. I could take any of that extra money and buy plane tickets. It's like, how much per month are we spending on groceries in this day and age? That is very true. Because I guess a couple months of saving up on groceries and there you have a plane ticket. Yeah. Or a new but, car. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or. or that something else you need. Or rent. Yeah. Um, but then also like not having to pay for a plane ticket. Like I'd be going places all the time. That's the same. Yes. And I feel like my, like, I feel like my life would improve more with being able to travel more versus yes. saving like several hundred dollars per month. Right. On groceries. That's kind of how I, because, like, that's the thing. I feel like, I was just talking to Dryden about this, Mm -hmm. how, like, the biggest barrier to travel feels like the plane ticket. Mm Mm-hmm. Because, like, you can find, like, cheap Reasonable accommodations. Yeah. And, like, there are so many options there. But in terms of life, like, it's a big, it's a big chunk yeah. of change and yeah like and especially because the times that you might be able to travel where there's like natural breaks in mm-hmm. work weeks and vacation like holidays where people yeah. generally get time off are so much more expensive because yes. everyone's trying to do the same thing because it's the only time in your life when you can go right 100 percent. and there's so much i feel like there's so much pressure as like a younger person just this like travel, see the world, enjoy your 20s. Mm-hmm. And it's like, on whose dime, I motherfuckers? Like I, <laughs> like, I would love, I would love less barriers to travel. Yes. Yeah. I feel like there are so many. Yeah. I agree. Oh, I agree. But also not paying for groceries. You're right. Like, there is a little bit more flexibility there because you can save that money to be towards Whatever anything you, you need, want. maybe. Yeah. Yeah. But really, either way, <laughs> we'd, we'd definitely rather be reading. reading. Well, can I read on my vacation? Can yes. I read on my vacation for my free plane ticket? Oh, of course. <laughs> it's like free plane ticket and free books. All right. Rather be. Rather be. Rather be. Rather be.